0: again we we'll do that, but you can, you know, songs and words are such poetry, and they express what's in the heart of a believer, and if you ever catch that picture of Christ, of the mighty God that hung there and died for you, and and he himself is the one that warms your heart, if you can catch that. And you see it. I don't. I don't believe we really do. I don't do it myself. But if we can just tap into a little bit of that this morning, let's sing this, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Here is
1: love.
0: Father, how good it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Lord, how good it is that there's something in our hearts that longs to be in a not just this place, but where you are, Lord, where the glories are unfolding, where the songs of Zion are sung, where that something that has tugged at our souls is bringing us more and more into you. Lord, we, we love one another. We love the songs. We love, we love all that's around the church, but, Lord, it's so much more than a form. Lord, it's an opportunity to sit at your feet. And this morning, Lord, we're poor substitutes as singers, as, as ministers, as hearers. But, oh God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you come and presence yourself in our midst? Would you minister to us? Would you reveal yourself to us? May that tender Holy Spirit that once brooded over the earth brood over us today. Lord, if we've gotten a little cold or a little calloused, Lord, just break those walls down. Father, if there's something that is just standing in the way, O oh God. Let us be quick to put it aside. Lord, this morning, there's, there's not one of us that is, that is perfect. We're all with fault and failure. Lord, if we look at ourselves, what could we see? But Lord, we want to see Jesus this morning. And Father, we ask, O oh God, that you'll take us into your hands. Lord, I, I can't feed your people, but Lord, you're, you can And through your word you can. And through the gifts you placed in the church you can. So I'm asking you, you're the faithful one. Would you come this morning? Lord, we give this service. We give ourselves to you. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, thank you to the musicians. We're a little bit longer in the song service, but we don't apologize for that. It's it's, it's good worship. And listen, I, there's been a few hockey games that went into overtime, and I didn't see people complaining, saying, it's, this is going longer than I wanted it to go. And uh, listen, they weren't complaining. It just depends where your heart is set. So let's, our, our heart is on the Lord this morning. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 45. We read a part of this on Wednesday. We'll read a little bit more. We just have the one service today, and it's a long weekend, so we'll give you an opportunity to go and and just enjoy, uh, even though it's smoky, but enjoy the summer, whatever we can do. Isaiah 45, let's just pick up the reading again at verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, He hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek you me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, and I declare things that are right. "'Assemble yourselves and come and draw near together, "'you that are escaped of the nations. "'They have no knowledge that set up the wood "'of their graven image, "'and pray unto a God that cannot save. "'Tell you and bring them near. "'Yea, let them take counsel together. "'Who has declared this from ancient time?' Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself... The word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed." Amen. God bless His word. You may have your seats. We will also turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 9. And before we go any further, I'll just share a couple of things. Um, uh, we had a, already a busy weekend. There was a youth meeting on Friday, which was a real blessing, just out in the countryside at the Blanchards. It was really a blessing. To be there, thank you to Brother Max and Brother John for putting that together for the Blanchards for hosting it. It was just wonderful. They had a little barn there, and it had an upper room, and we stayed there until midnight or better. Some stayed till one. Isn't that right, Brother Marshall? Yes. And uh, I won't mention any names, but at any rate, so it was a really good time. And then there was a couple of birthday events yesterday. But uh, And it's good to be here today. Um, we have just the one meeting, as I said. Uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, we have a wedding, the uh, Sister Anna, Adrian, and, sister, and Brother Seth Hansen. And uh, as a result of that, we've got a number of ministers in town. I found out today, There's I thought there was four, but there's going to be five ministers that are in town. And... Um, there's, there's one other minister coming from Manitoba that's here for another wedding. At any rate, um, we, we have invited Brother um, Paul Dirksen to speak on Sunday morning, so that will be next Sunday, and uh, I thought I'd have to have a tag team with a whole bunch of ministers, but some are now ministering at other churches, so the Lord, Lord willing, we'll have one of the ministers, maybe a few others will say something on Sunday night. But we'll have Brother Brent Gransky, Lord willing, minister for us on Sunday night. So we're looking forward to that. And God allows them to be here, and we're grateful for that. And we believe that God has in his, under him are all things. Under him is every gift. And we thank God for the variety of gifts and ministries. And I'm glad to be a part of it. And I feel pretty small sometimes when I look at... How some are gifted, but I'm thankful to be a part of what God has done. So that's that's this upcoming weekend. We also want to remember um, some of those that are in need. Sister Lydia Wild is in the hospital, and um, she's slowly deteriorating. If this is God's time and grace for her, we we want to thank the Lord for that. And uh, if He chooses to do otherwise, we thank Him for that. But we commit her to his hands. Let's pray for the family, Sister Elsie, Sister Ruth. Uh, We also remember others that would love to be here, Brother Glenn McIntyre. We saw him on a little video clip yesterday, and he's still Brother Glenn. Uh, Doesn't matter if he's sick. I I, I believe it was Brother Homer Longoria that um, when his wife passed away, and you know, you're in that crossing of dimensions and passing, and, and she just beginning to see the other side, and she said, I saw Brother Dan Williams, and just talking about him, do you know he still has a sense of humor? <laughs> so death doesn't change things. You, what you are here, you'll be over there, maybe in a better way even. Maybe we hold too much in here. You know, when you actually get on the other side, and you actually are over there, and you actually see you've made it, you might not just sit there like this. You might be doing a little bit more. So all I just want to say to you is you can let it out a little bit today if you have to. (laughs) At any rate, so Brother Glenn, we also remember Brother Don Kesser. Both those brothers have recovered, and we also want to remember Brother Len Hildebrandt, who's been suffering He's on some antibiotics, and we just want to remember him. Others that are needy, we remember them in prayer. We also remember brother Andrew Dodd. He's, this is his last weekend in Ethiopia with brother Tim, and we just pray that the Lord will bless him. We've heard some good reports. We'll leave that till when he's back. But let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. So we read from Isaiah 45, and the Old Testament is a shadow of good things to come, so the revelation that the saints lived under in the Old Testament is only magnified under the new. and I, I want to dwell a little bit just listening to the songs, and I was so blessed and I, I want to magnify the Lord this morning if I can and um, but under the Old Testament, even Brother Branham said, uh, when I, I saw Moses talking to God and God told Moses, separate yourself, and Moses came and told God, no, I won't separate myself. Have mercy on this nation. And, and he said, I couldn't understand how Moses could say something to God. But he says, then I saw that that was Christ in Moses. So God is unfolding and revealing His Majesty. He calls Himself the only God, but He also calls Himself a Savior. So let's go to Luke chapter nine. I could read; could have read this from Matthew seventeen. Luke chapter nine. Luke is written with the um, the man perspective or the man anointing. Luke himself was a physician. He goes into more human detail on things. In verse 28, it would say, And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James, and he went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. Glistering, it says. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. I always marvel. This was two men, prophets, Moses. The devil did not know where Moses' body was. He was brought up. He could not see the promised land. God would not allow him, but God took him to a higher place. And the other one was Elijah. Elijah was taken up. Now, they both came back and they spoke to Jesus. And, you know, remember, faith comes by hearing Jesus in the flesh was as we were. The only difference is he came direct from theophany to flesh form. We bypassed our theophany. But we're, we're coming. So let's, now, they talked with him. Now, I, 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 I got to stop. Making commentary, I just got to stay focused here a little bit. But they said, he appeared in glory, and they spake of his decease that he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Peter was the spokesman, but he didn't always use wisdom. So he said, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And the Bible says, not knowing what he said. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud." We talk a lot about the cloud, storage and cloud where you'd put things. And really the first one to ever receive something out of a cloud was Moses. And uh, so God's, God's way ahead of man in his thinking. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Now, I want to speak this morning, and I will entitle this just very simply We See Christ. And I want to follow this up from what we spoke on Wednesday, where we just talked about being focused and look. We took the emphasis on look. And what we look unto. And I want to repeat a couple of quotations. One which Brother Branham would say in going beyond the camp. As I look and preach across the nation and watch the people. I am persuaded the people are not getting to Christ. And he says, because I believe he's not the object they have been pointed to. They've been pointed to a dogma. Or a doctrine or a party or an experience or a sensation or something like that instead of being pointed to Christ the Word. And I, I we can be careful if we we can make this message we hold dear, we can make it something other than what it really is, which it is Christ. And it is a part of the Bible. It's not separate from the Bible, the two come together. Just like it was then, there was Moses. He was part of the program of God. There was Elijah. There was Christ. But it all wrapped up in present tense. This is my son, hear ye him. In a message looking at the unseen, and this will say it a little bit, but talking about Abraham He called those things which were not as though they were. He caught a glimpse of the unseen. By faith, he saw it. He endured as seeing the invisible God with him all along the road. And then he says this, When a man once catches that vision of the invisible God and knows that he's always present, there is something that stabilizes that man's thinking. And 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 allow me to make just a few comments and just I'll get into the thought a little bit more and preach a little bit more, but I just need to move into it. Thinking that means how you approach every service. Lord, I, I'm here not to hear more wisdom. I'm not here just to get emotional. I want to see you. I know it's Brother Ed speaking this morning. I know it'll be Brother so-and-so on next weekend. I know it'll be this. But Lord, I want to see you. And if we ever put a man before that, that's when we fall. That's when we come short. We need to see Christ. When you read the Bible, you need to see Christ. When you read the message, it isn't the message against the Bible it isn't a quote. The two dovetail together. They are one. And we believe that with all our hearts. So it says it stabilizes that man's thinking. It stabilizes his actions. Matthew, Jesus would say, If they say unto you, Christ is in the desert, or he's here, or he's there, believe it not. When somebody tells you, you'll find him. In this doctrine. You'll find him in, in this camp. Or in this move. Believe it not. Christ is available to all that seek him with an open heart. Christ will make himself known by revelation. And revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is not some willy nilly. Something you got to see. The revelation is pointing to one thing. And the revelation is Christ. Yes. So he says, in the time of distress and trouble, it'll make him look upward above things that are happening around him. So I, I want to a brother had posted this. I don't know if Brother Rinsey's here, but it was such a blessing. I saw this last night, and it 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 just struck me. And so I, I thought it was just it. It amplified where I was going today. So can you put this up for a minute, uh, Brother Ethan, that that little thing? This is Martin Luther, and he would say this. He says, when I look at myself, I don't see how I can be saved. Okay, now, if you got a a complex this morning and you never fail to measure up, I don't see how I can be saved. And he says, but when I look at Christ... I don't see how I can be lost. Yeah. So are we looking enough at Christ? And that's who I want to look at this morning. And, and, and it's not looking, okay, now you, like, I'll just inject a little bit here. When I look at myself, I don't see how I can be saved. When I sometimes look at others, and if I'm looking through human eyes, I don't see that. And listen, I, I, you can say, when I look at others, that also means looking in the mirror. So you're looking back at yourself. So listen, but if we see Christ, I don't see how I can be lost. So this this is kind of, I thought that was so wonderful. It really amplifies what I, what, I, what I want us to look at. Thank you. We can take that off. You can turn the lights back. I, I want to just go a little further. Brother Adam would talk about how man, in the very beginning, and this is a fundamental foundation of faith, God, 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 put man on earth, Adam, and then out of Adam came Eve, and they were given a place on earth, but when they fell, they lost the power they had over everything on earth. In fact, they became unconscious after losing their relationship and friendship and fellowship with the Father. They had all the channels clogged up. They couldn't remember, and And man has operated that way for a long time. Operated in the spirit realm only, not the soul realm. Now I I will qualify this a little bit as, as I do this. I'll just read something from Genesis 3. This is after the fall. And this is in verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil, now lest he put forth his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So man had a right to the tree of life. He would have come to the tree of life, which the tree of life really was Christ. The tree of knowledge of good and evil was the tree they were not commanded to eat of. That tree is a tree that civilization is still eating of. Listen, there's good things that are a part of that tree, but there are evil things. So it's not that you shouldn't have electricity. It's not that you shouldn't have some of the fineries and phones and devices. It's not that you shouldn't, but how you manage them And listen, you will not find on Google how much is too much time on the phone. How much it will not give you that. Only Christ can give you that. There has to be an inside voice, an inside governor that teaches you that's the tree of life. So man was driven from the garden, verse 24. So he drove out the man, placed at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So man could not have access to this tree because Christ had not come. And In other words, they would have access to eternal life without the penalty of God being paid. They had sinned, and the sin and the penalty was going to be death. So Christ himself would come and take man's place. So until that time, there was an anointing that that held back all that God was. So through the Old Testament, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, there is little that is spoken of the afterlife. There is little that is spoken of death and what's behind the veil of death. Because as such, no one had ever come back from the dead. Now, there, there was some that did. There was, uh, there was the soldier who was, who was running in the battle. And, and he died in the battle. And they, they threw his, his dead body into a grave where Elisha was. And Elisha's bones had quickening power in them. So when they threw that body, I I, I can't imagine the scene. They threw that body on those bones and they they started going in the battle. And after a little while, the guy they threw in the grave was running beside them. Now, now, wouldn't that be exciting? The resurrection is on. (laughs) But as a whole, in the Old Testament, it was held back. There was an anointing that would not allow man to step beyond the veil. So that anointing was there to guard the tree of life. Now, we could summarize that in a, in a long way, but fast forward to when Jesus was there, and, and just go to Matthew 27, if you will, Ethan. Matthew 27, and, and, and it says, at the time of Jesus' death, in verse 51, behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. Now, I just just want to stop here. Now think about this. The veil of the temple was rent from the top to bottom. That veil was over 30 feet in the air. That's where the top was. Who ripped it? Who ripped it? Who, what caused the earth to quake? Listen, the message of that day was Christ. And all of of creation groaned with that. Because when he died, who died there? The creator died. The savior died. The one who held... And life, eternal life in his hands. The one who made everything. For by him were all things made. By him were all things created. By him we live and breathe and move and have our being. Who was it that hung there that day? Who was it that that, that when he died that the earth began to quake and the rocks began to do? Listen, this is more than just a doctrine. This is... The creator, this is reality, this is truth. And when he, so the veil was rent in the top to the bottom. Now, really you have to take this and go back to verse 50. Because this never happened until verse 50 happened. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. So when he, the most perfect one, the one who was innocent, the one who was guilty, it wasn't guilty, but the one who didn't deserve anything. When he who was standing in my place, when he died, what did it open up? It opened up an anointing that was held back since Eden. And that anointing that kept us from knowing Him. And knowing about Him, but not just about Him, but intimately knowing Him. That, that anointing that drove us away from Him. That, that, kept it, that kept it darkly from us. Now, what did it do? The veil was rent. You know, everything in the Old Testament... You know, it it was signified by an order. There was an outer court, an inner court. And and the high priest couldn't go into the holiest place until there was blood. So those were a figure of the true. But Christ came and he was the personification of all of that order. He was the high priest. He was all of those things. Now it's there in reality. Now he's entered into the holy places. Now the veil is rent. And the anointing that kept us away. Now is driving us to him. And that anointing has been released on the earth. Since A.D. You know we say we're at 2023 A.D. When... My birthday came this last week. Brother Ernie, you'll love this too. Uh, Brother Tim Dodd says that he's in Ethiopia and they observe a different calendar, which I think is a different state date, and they say, we're at 2017. And, and uh, so he says, by, by the account of Ethiopia, you'd still be in your 50s. I said, I'll take that. <laughs> You know what? You don't have to have any average age between you or your spouse or anything. You're there. You know, I'll take that any day. But but you know, nonetheless, since A.D., when all of this came loose, and, and, and now it's the anointing of God that is ushering us back to what man has lost. Oh, if we can appreciate this, friends. Did you know, back in the Old Testament, when somebody sinned, and and i have to i have to do this not just like i see it but how you you would see it you know you you would read your bible from this end to that end i I'm, I'm looking at it the other way but if back in the old testament when somebody sinned and they were sorry they would repent and all they had available for cleansing at that time was the blood of bulls and goats so they could repent knowing that They would keep that same desire. They would have to do it again the next year, the next year. But when Calvary came, when the cross came, and when they came to the other side of the cross, now they could repent. And now they could do it not under the blood of bulls and goats, but under a perfect sacrifice. And when they would repent, the Holy Spirit could come down. And not just give forgiveness, but start to sanctify. Start to cleanse. Take your desires for worldly things away. Something they couldn't do back there. We have moved in the program of God. We are at a point we ought to be thankful where we were standing. And not only the blood that was there, because that was a cycle. And and you know, you might have Things yet to overcome, and 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 there was all kinds of doctrines, and there was a falling away in the seven church ages. But now at the end of all of that, now at the end of seven messengers, there comes finally Christ Himself. And when He comes, now we repent. And listen, I, I, I will take this in another service. But now the blood is not just the blood. Now the blood is a Clorox, it's a bleach. It's something that sends sin back to where it came from. Now in the eyes of God, you know, you, you have the same motion back there. The same motion here. The same motion here. But under the economy of God, we're under a bleach now. And God looks at us through righteous eyes. Because we are in the place of God where he's getting set to fulfill Ephesians 5. I'll have a church without spot. I'll have a church without wrinkle. You'll never do that in yourself. But if you look unto Him, that's when you live. That's when you see it. That's when you're righteous before God. When you come according to His way. Oh. What opportunities the prophets say we have. Opportunities Enoch dreamed of. David dreamed of. Job would dream of. Job would say, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the latter day, I'll see him. And he'll stand on the earth. They all died with an expectation. But we are living in the shadows, not even the shadows. We're coming to the fullness of it. It's wonderful. So, here is Jesus died. And then in verse 51, it says, Behold, the veil of the temple was rent. Now what happened? Something was released. The graves were opened. Many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose. They came out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the holy city. They appeared to many. So actually, that death took those that were held waiting unto that perfect one. Because when they died under the blood of bulls and goats, they were sincere, but they were waiting for one to come. When he came, it released them. It released also all that would come in the ages to follow. Because the anointing that was going to be sent was an anointing that's going to bring us back to Calvary, bring us back to all that Adam lost. That's the anointing that we're under. Oh, I, if you can be recognize that this morning, it's not hold. It's not God holding you back. He wants you to get it, but you're not going to get it by knowledge, and you're not going to get it by a carefree attitude. But you get it when you're sincere before God. And when you're before him and you say, Lord, I need you. I need what it takes to overcome in this age. He'll send it to you. So he says, fundamental foundation, the thing of it, he has now restored man back to this place. Man who through the fall had lost consciousness of what the Father put him here on earth to do. In other words, all of the plumbing, You know, it's, it's amazing to me as a minister, Saturday night you're preparing for service, something always happens. I, I've had, over the years, a hot water tank burst. I've had a sewer backup. I've had all kinds of issues with water and plumbing in our house. I said, I'm fed up with that. And I now have a son who's a plumber and lives in the house. And I said, I'm going to overcome it. But now the devil has taken other ways I'm coming home last night had a flat tire. You just got a nail puncture and all of a sudden there's a flat tire. Yeah, Saturday night, just I'm ready to go home. Okay. I looked at my wife. I said, it's going to be a good service. Amen. The enemy is out. <laughs> He's trying to do something. So I had to come and get the plumber to help me. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's a blessing to us. Anyway, all the plumbing as it was in our brain, all the outlets, all the faith, has been clogged up with business affairs, with home life, with domestic things. It's so clogged up that God can't operate through those channels that he made man for. Now, as much as God opens his word, there's a faith that accompanies it. So, under the Old Testament, it would be hard to have faith to heal the sick until the atonement was made. It would be hard to have faith for a resurrection until the one who would have the resurrection. Now, they had it in part, but we have it in a greater measure. So, uh, with God's opening of His Word, there's a faith that's released with it. And... and Listen to how this is put now, and this is in in the message, look, and we took this on Wednesday. Faith is designed to see what God wills and wants. Now, there's no sense of me, even if I had all the faith, and this this I'll come back to later. See, faith is connected to Christ. Christ. No matter what gift we have, it's not independent of Christ. You can't take your gift and say, I'm a great singer, and and go out and just use it wherever you want, however you want, under whatever you want. If you're not connected to Christ, it's not going to do you any value. It's not going to bless anybody else either. So you can have it, but you can sell out for it. And I'll say this, every true and perfect gift that comes from the Father is connected to him. I want to be connected to Him. I I don't want to have a reign or rule or authority, whatever position I'm given. It's only valued as long as I'm under somebody. And that somebody is he- Him. Christ is the head in this last day. I, I want to see every one of us come to our position, myself included. So it's not it's not any man or minister that's Lord over anybody. It's Christ. He is over everything. So... So there's faith associated with it. To whatever God would desire, there, there is no knowledge. Faith alone is designed to find out what the will of God is. So it, I could go into the hospital and, and, and say, well, i got faith under this message. We can raise people from the dead. We had a prophet that do that. And, but that may not be the will of God. And it wouldn't be the will of God that we m- would maybe go and broadcast this across the whole world. Because the message will never be received that way. It will be a small percentage. Jesus said, fear not, little flock. If it was a big flock, i joined join the big church. But it's little flock. And so there's faith associated with the word and how God does things. So with your God-given faith, you focus on the word of God and you get directly in line and zeroed. God help us in this hour that we live in. Faith is designed to see what God wants. Do you see it? Through the camera of his word. Now, I want to move this forward a little bit. And I want to just take this to the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter (coughs) 1. Revelations chapter 1. And I'm going to just take this a little bit. and, And I want you to think, now John, who was in the book of John, was the one who, who um, laid in the bosom of Jesus, who had the intimate knowledge and was written under an eagle anointing. Every gospel writer, Matthew wrote with a lion anointing and Ma- Mark with an ox anointing and Luke with a man anointing. They would all write of the story of Jesus' birth and they'd put it in human terms. But John, he starts out the gospel, he says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. So John doesn't go through natural events. John goes higher than that. And this is the anointing that we're under in this last day. Does that mean we ignore the others? No, but we need to see beyond what the church has seen for many years. So now here is John. He is... He has, Jesus has passed away. He has maybe written the Gospels of John, 1 John, Second John, Third John. But now he reads, he's the scribe in the book of Revelations on the Isle of Patmos. Jesus is speaking, but John is writing. So now let's, let's pick this up. And I, I want you to catch. Now imagine where John stood. Because he saw God in the flesh... But he also began to be lifted into another realm to see him in a different way. So now John is writing. And let's just, I'm going to pick up parts of this in verse 7. Revelations 1 verse 7. Behold, he comes with clouds. Every eye shall see him. They also which have pierced him. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Amen. Now, if you took those words, who is he speaking of? It's Christ. Don't be scared. It's Christ. That's who he's pointing. Now, the earth doesn't see that. But John, now he's not just pointing to him on the cross, but he's saying, also he will be seen in the ages to come. Then he says in verse 8, and this is the red letter, so it's first person. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning of, And the ending saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. The theme of this message is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, I don't want that to be a catchy phrase or a slogan. I don't want to point back to just look at the film, The Deep Calls to the Deep, and say, yeah, that was Jesus Christ again. No, he's just as much Jesus Christ here today, at home where you are, whatever situation you have, he's as close as we put him. So he is all of these things. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to skip a couple of verses here, and, and we'll, we'll drop down to verse 10. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And again, these words, I am the Alpha and the Omega, now not the beginning and the ending, but the first and the last. Now, what you see, write it in a book and send it to seven churches which are in Asia. Now to the Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So there's an aspect of this. The eternal God is desiring. Remember, they're under an anointing where he's going to reveal himself. Now he's saying, put these words in. And when these words go out to these churches... My anointing will come and it will bring them and run them back to what they've lost. Amen. So now he's, he's, here's where each messenger gets his authority. Luther didn't stand up and say, I'm smarter than all the other priests. I can do what I'm going to do. No, it was Luther commissioned by God in the mind of God. You're going to be the Sardis church age messenger. And he picked the German. And the Germans, listen, don't, don't bring culture into it. You say, brother, I'm not, I'm not trying to do it. He also picked Wesley, who was an Englishman. And, and you take the beginnings of these men. It was just as simple as your beginnings. But God had them in his hands. So, and in verse 12, here's Paul. He, he, Sorry, here's, here's John. He's, he hears this. And then he says, and I turned to see the voice. Uh, that, that's kind of an, 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 an interesting thing. In other words, the voice was so real that it must have been right there. It was, I turned to see the voice that spake. And as he turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, Revelations is a book of symbols. So we'll, we'll just, this may be elementary, but I, I feel I, I, want to, I want to take this and make sure our approach is Right? Uh, the Lord willing, I, wanna, I want to also speak one day on the breach because if you don't go into the seals correctly, and the breach is such an outstanding message, if you don't go into it correctly, you're going you're gonna to take away mercy for everybody, you're going to say we're over in the millennium or somewhere else, but there's an approach that we take to it and and it started with God in simplicity that's another day so i turned to see the voice i saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks one like the son of man clothed with a garment to the foot gird about to the paps with a golden girdle now can you imagine the picture that he's seeing now remember it was also john that was there at mount transfiguration and saw the cloud, but now he's seeing him in a greater way under an anointing that will pervade seven ages, one of which we're under right now. And he's saying, and I'm going to see him, and and this is who he is. He's in the middle of seven candlesticks, which are, uh, I'll say it now, seven church ages, and the Son of Man, which is Christ. And he's clothed with a garment and gird with a golden girdle. And his head and his hairs were white like wool and as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Listen, this is not baby Jesus in the manger. This is not just A Jesus who walked on earth humbly in sandals. This is the mighty God. This is the Savior. This is the one Isaiah saw. This is the God that we serve today. And he said, And his feet were like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Oh friends, if you can see him, not just see him, if you can see the source, and I'll say it this way: If you can see the source, you won't have trouble with a certain messenger to an age. You won't have trouble with those that are under the messenger to the age, because you're looking at the source. You're looking at Christ. That's who we need to see, friends. It's, it's, don't pervert the message. Don't make it a cult. Don't make it something. where it's, you got to see, Brother Brownham. You got to see. No, no, no. See Christ. See him in the Scripture. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. And now look, look at John. The same John that saw him up on the mount. He says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now John had seen him, but he'd never seen him like this. And friends, I... I say, let us see Jesus for what he is. Let's not make the message common. Let's, let's lift him up. You know, if this message has done one thing, I think we ought to follow through on, it's put Christ back on the throne. I think it's taken it out of the hands and the ideas of man and denominations, which, which change continually, and it's Christ who, who needs to be lifted up. It's not me who needs to be lifted up. I don't need to persuade you. I just need to point you to him. I just want you to see him. If you catch anything out of any service, see Christ. Let him be the one that you look to. And now John said, I fell on his feet is dead. And he laid his right hand at me and said, fear not. And again, this is now the third time. I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And amen, I have the keys of hell and death. We are not believing like the Buddhists believe in a man that once died was a good man. We're not believing like the Mohammedans believe on Mohammed who's going to raise back one day. We're believing on a living God that is alive and that is real. The same one that was the God of spirit that came in human flesh and now is a high priest living and interceding for us. And he's also the one down coming down to claim his bride. That's the one who's alive today. That's the one we draw from today. And he says, write the things which you've seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand. The seven golden candlesticks. Now, he, now here's the mystery. He says, the seven stars are the angels to the seven churches. The seven go- candlesticks, which you saw, uh, are, are the seven churches. Now, we, we can put a, a lot of emphasis, and we can go and take a trip to Asia Minor. We can go to the church at Ephesus. We can go to, there were natural places, but they're spiritual also. We can take and put a lot of emphasis, you know, on, on the messenger of each age. But if you miss where they came from, where were those seven golden candlesticks? They were there. Who was walking in the middle of them? Who was it that was in their midst? It was Christ. Where were those seven stars? They were in His hand. He's the one who released them. He's the one who let them go. If we see them as coming from Him, then we know we have confidence in whom we have believed. Otherwise, it could be just a man that raises up. I don't want to hear from a man. I want to hear from the throne of God. And this is the mystery that God is saying. This is where they came from. They didn't come from a workup of a movement. No, this was God in His program, outlined it on the day of on the island of Patmos. This is going to span two thousand years, John. Now, while we're here, Revelation two verse one, he says, "Now here is the Spirit of God addressing the first church age. Who does He address? The angel." the church. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Write these things. So, first of all, it comes to one, and that one spreads it. That's the program of God. If If you can see something else in that, make some, come and tell me. But that's the way I see it. You can read this you can read this in, in Revelations 2, verse 1, verse 8, verse 12, verse 18. Revelations 3, verse 1, verse 7, and verse 14. Unto the angel I write. So he writes to this angel. And he says to the angel. Now here's, here's the first thing he writes to them. He's saying, now you go and take a school and you take learnings. No, what's the first thing he points them to? He points them to his sevenfold person. The glory of that person. It was a sevenfold manner. And he says, these things saith he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden sticks. Paul, you're receiving this not as from yourself through your learning. In fact, I had to knock you off everything. But now you're receiving it from me, Paul. I'm the one who's in the middle of all of this, Paul. You're receiving it from me. No wonder he had such authority because God empowered him. Now, I, I'm not going to go through every church age today. But you can go to every one of these. And you can go to chapter 8, or verse 8. And it says, unto the church, angel of the church in Smyrna, I'm the first and the last. That which is dead and life. In every case, he points himself to what? Look at the conditions around you? No, look to me. Look to me and live. That's what we need to do. Look to Christ. You know, you can't even focus what you see around you even in the framework of what God is doing. You need to see Him. And I say this, I, I don't want to pour negative water on anybody. I just want to pour and lift Him up. I want to lift up Christ this morning. I want us all to look at Him in a greater way. You can go down to verse 12. And in verse 12, He says this. He says to the angel of the church of Pergamos, "'This saith he who has the sharp sword with two edges.'" Everything is pointing back to what John already saw. You can go back to verse eighteen, and he says, "And he says, these things saith the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass." Who is the one that was in the middle of the church ages? Who was the one that caused Luther to stand up to the Catholic church in that day? Who was the one that stood under (laughs) Irenaeus and under the persecution still proclaimed the word of God? Who is that one? The very same one we serve today. Now I I need to move this along a little bit. And I'm going to ask you just to go and... I. I could put that clip of Luther back in. When I look to myself, I don't see how I can be saved. When I look to him, I don't see how I can be lost. I want to look to him this morning. Let me just take this now. In, in the thought of revelation, because revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is not a revelation of a past age, but it's a revelation of this age. Kay? I may not understand everything in the Old Testament. But I, I believe I want to understand what God needs for me in this age. So the book of Revelation is the consummation of all the scriptures. It is the revelation of God. Now it, it, if you actually read it. Anyone who's, there's a blessing on anyone who reads it. And even hears it. They're blessed. So I, I feel we live in an age where no other age they've probed at it, they've tried to understand it, but we're now in the time when God is releasing, it's the anointing that's driving us to see and understand it. Now he says, Revelation will give you authority over the devil. I, 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 there, there's a whole other subject I can't get into. But He says, there is nothing of such prevailing power as the revelation of the word. Now, we're all going to have opposition come to us. And sometimes you just got to be able to know where you're standing. And I believe God wants us to know where we're standing. We are not standing as a weak church. We are not standing, trying not to say anything to, to upset the woke movement, to upset the people. Neither are we going out there and proclaiming, but we know where we're standing. Under, uh, under, pick up your pen and write, they have thus saith the Lord, or they stand still. So that means sometimes you're challenged. Sometimes you're challenged on, on different issues. And, and you could be challenged on on, on 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 anything you believe it could be on on, on, on women preachers and and, and I, I, I share that because I, I was just i 've been listening to a little bit to the message does God change his mind about his word and in that was the ministry of and I shared one of those with you last week about ordaining all these ministers, and one of the ministers that comes up there is, is a minister, and he comes and, and he says, well, I, I was with a group. He says, you don't really know me. I was with a group, but they insisted on ordaining women ministers, and I don't see that in the Bible. In fact, I see it as against the Word of God, so I left them. And he says, well, God bless you, brother. He says, brother, man, that's exactly why I left the Baptist church, because they insisted on ordaining women ministers. Now, it's against the Word, and, and, and it's not against women it's not man's thinking. It's not according to the thinking of the age. But I says I, I'm standing on this. I, we treasure our sisters. They are a blessing to us. They are a help to us. A woman in her place is the glory of God. I believe we all stand as a spiritual woman of Christ. Hey, could you imagine Brother Ernie without Sister Josephine? <laughs> They're sitting at the back. He's going, that's Right. <laughs> Could you imagine without your wife? I am grateful for my wife. She is a compliment. She's not a doormat. She is at my side. I treasure her. And that is the spirit of Christ to each and every one of us. Now, I've got to move this along. Now, it says, now, Revelation. A revelation has to come from God. It's by spiritual endowment. It has to come from God. Now, sometimes we just say, you know we we reduce the message to well how are you baptized or how do you see the godhead or how do you see serpent seed and we reduce it to that it's not just words friends and and i i i feel like we need to present the truth rightly i the godhead to me is is not a revelation of okay well You know, all the scriptures that point to Trinity and all the scriptures, and there's more scriptures that point to one God. There's more. No, it's not about that. It's about the reality that the very God of heaven came down one day into the person of Jesus Christ, and he came into that person, and he lived in that person, and he died the death for me, and he ascended on high, and he released his spirit, and that spirit lives within me now not in the fullness but it lives also in the fullness of the body and when I see that when I catch that it also opens up to me baptism and I go this isn't just a doctrine it isn't just words it isn't comparing quotes it's a revelation And, and it's a revelation how does Matthew 28 19 fit with Acts 2 verse 38 you know how can Jesus say one thing and Peter say another thing when it really is the two dovetailing together Oh, then it's real. And it's going like, why would I want to separate this God and make him little pieces when he's actually the one God? There is no Savior beside me. There is no God beside me. I am the one that is. I believe he always was. So this is, this is our struggle. I, I want to go a little bit now, if you can, with me. Uh, let, me, let me read one more. He says, you can't put God into three persons or three parts. You can't tell a Jew that there's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Ghost. He will tell you right quick where that idea came from. And it came, it started in the Nicaea Council in, in, in 325 A.D. Up to that time, there was no Trinity doctrine. What happened to all those poor people that were baptized, if you believe the Trinity, that were baptized in that 300-year span and, and didn't have the Trinity to be baptized. If that's what you believe in. It, 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 where are they? I say this. It was brought in by man. And it wasn't brought in by God. Now I, I need to, to, to do this. Listen. Brother Bram says. We talk about a God that does not change. The Jews believe that too. The church changed its unchanging God from one to three. How striking is the truth. He says. That has come at this time. When the Jews are returning to Palestine, God and Christ are one. This Jesus is both Lord and Christ. When he stood there, he says, I am he that was and is and shall to come. Shall come. So it's not, it's not what the wisdom of man teaches, but it's what the Holy Ghost teaches. Colossians chapter 1, if you will please. Colossians chapter 1. Now I... I may just circumvent this and go take a couple of scriptures only. Okay, Colossians 1. Let's let's just read a couple of these. This is from a from a message Christ the mystery of God revealed. And so much was this Anointed, the prophet said, if you ever fail, come back to this tape. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. In Isaiah, it says that there'd be a habitable, Part for him. Okay? Now he says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of the cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself, by Him, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. Now, there's so much that could be said about that. I I will kind of leave it there. But I I want you to look at the progression of how this moves down. So in in verse 20, well, let's just go down to verse um, 24. Now, uh, sorry, let's see 23. If you continue in the faith, Grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature that is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, the first church age messenger. And he he would say, I made this, this minister. Verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. So what are we talking about? What mystery? That which was held back by those cherubims. That's what was opened by the veil. That mystery God is wanting to make known. The riches of his glory, verse 27. The riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus." And Paul would actually go on to say, Whereunto I also labor, according to his working, which worketh unto in me mightily. I don't know who it was one of the messengers said, When you pray, pray as though you have nothing and ask God to pour everything. And when you work, work as though God has, that you have, God has given you everything and do everything. And I think we ought to do that as much as we can. We're, we're, it's Christ in us we want to see. Now, Paul in, in, in Colossians 2, verse 1, he, he speaks here I would that you would know what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding of the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge now so this is the burden of the messenger now i I'm going I'm going to go off because I, I can see I'm not going to go where I want to get to but I, I need to bring a couple of things and just God help me now because I, I want to take a few moments and just really lift up the Lord I'll, I'll pick some of this up after but God, if we actually can catch who this God is, and sometimes we put them into a, a phrase that's just God, and, you know, you go out somewhere and say, well, I'm just going to church to worship my God. Okay, I'm going to worship my God, and, it, and it's but there is actually only one God, and we want to serve the true God, the right God. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a couple of statements. Go with me. I don't mean to jump, but I'm going to sort of deviate just to keep our time and just the way I see the service going. Let's go to Acts 17. And this is Paul now speaking to the believers that he encounters as he travels along the way. It's not just believers, but he encounters spirits. So it's in Acts chapter 17. And Paul is, is, is picking this up, and he will actually... You can read this in, starting in verse 16. I won't read all of this, but he sees the city given to idolatry, and his spirit is stirred up with him. So he begins to dispute in the synagogue with the Jews and devout persons. And, and then these philosophers come, and, and they say, what, he's speaking about some kind of God. But he preached unto them, in verse 18, Jesus and the resurrection. Now, they said, what is this new doctrine? You know, because up at that point, you can read this in in verse 21. These people all spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. What what kind of a spirit is that? It sounds a lot like tapping into Google. Oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What about the truth? Okay? What about the real thing? And, you know, I, I was just sharing with somebody about, you know, all the moves, the, the BLM movement and the, the LBGK2XYZ movement and, and all these other movements. And I, I just finally said, uh, I just said, let's, let's be followers of the LGR movement. Oh my, what's that? Let's get real. <laughs> Seriously, let's get real. You know, a church over in Ontario, a church, a school in Ontario, they as an elementary school, and they decided to fly, fly the rainbow flag. And a third of the students stayed home that day. They flew it. And, and a lot of them were Muslims, actually, and they weren't offended by it. Uh, they, 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 are the, they, the people that, that saw the Muslims stay home, they weren't offended that they didn't come because, oh, that's who they believe. But why do they persecute us, who are Christians, and make us want to believe what they believe? I I don't need that. That's not who I am. I believe in a God who made a man and a woman and made one definition of marriage and not multiple definitions of it. That was in order for almost 5,900 years. And now in the last 100 years, you're changing it. Sorry, the God I worship has always been, will always be, and that's the one I want to hang on to. So I'm part of the LGR movement. Let's get real. The other movement I'm a part of is the CS movement, because somebody was walking down the mall, and there was a the time they had COVID, and they had a mask on, and, and this person walked through without a mask, and they said, hey, you're not wearing a mask. I said, yeah, I, I have CS. Oh, okay, sorry. And, and they said, CS, what's that? Common sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> put it in acronyms, right? But listen, and, and I'm, I'm not mocking, I don't mean to do that the wrong way, because there is a time and place to do all those things, but... God is God, and so here's Paul, he's seeing all these opinions, and then he says this in in verse 23, for I passed by, I beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom you ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. God that made the world and the things therein, seeing he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needs anything, he gives to all life and breath and all things. Now there's so much I could read, that, but I'm just going to focus on that. Now, that is the God we worship. Now I'm going to take a few thoughts just now in the last, okay, we didn't start till. 15.2, Fifteen two, so I've got a little bit more time, so don't look at your clock like I'm looking at the one back there right now. now, let me just take make a few statements. God is a spirit in in John chapter three when when Nicodemus came to uh, to uh, Jesus and and he began to talk to him, and Jesus said, A man must be born again, and he says how can a man be... And Jesus actually said, a man must be born of the water and the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus would begin to declare of him the work of the Spirit. And he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And he says, the wind goes, you can't tell where it came from. And he says this statement, so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. So we have this tendency from our finite mind to try to bottle up an infinite God and say, He is only contained with these doctrines. He's only according to what I see, according to what I do. I'll just say this right now. If it's my opinion... it it doesn't count for nothing. If it's your opinion, it doesn't count for nothing. But if it's God's opinion, it counts for everything. The eternal God has made Himself known in the Scriptures. And holy men of God moved or did things as they were moved by the Spirit. We can't figure out why Isaiah laid on one side for so many days. And why he laid on the other side. And we can't figure out why the prophets did what they did. But they were moved by the Spirit. So if if you have a propensity to try to figure out everything, you're going to have to let some of that go. Because God is a God who is the Spirit. You can't bottle Him up. You can't put Him into a box. He's, He's also... He's not an imagination. He is not a feeling. Right. He is a God that is real. Yes. He, he has been there through time. And, and, and you know, in, in John chapter 4, when the woman at the well came, here's a woman who was so scrupled up. And she was so scrupled up. And Jesus would finally come to tell her, the hour comes when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in the spirit and in truth. Friends, I'm afraid sometimes we've allowed just the formality of church life even within the message, to dictate what we do when we come into the house of the Lord. If, if God is really in your heart, and maybe you, and I don't advocate that you got to shout or you got to jump, but I just feel like you need to have liberty to express God to who He is to you and not hold back on Him. I'm not talking about putting a show on for somebody here. I'm not talking about trying to prove yourself. I'm just saying, when you and God get together in oneness, it may cause you to cry. It may cause your hands to lift up. But it's a God of the Spirit. And He is in the Word. And the anointing comes on the Word by the Spirit. And I say this, the Spirit of God, let that be prevalent in your life. Not not led by your brain, led by your spirit, the spirit of God in you. Now, he, according to the scripture, he desires that we worship him. Worship him. Can I stop for a sec? What is church about? Worship him. It's not just in the song service. When the word comes, worship him. When you have some money to give, worship Him. When you, when you can do something good, worship Him. He's God. Now He's not God up there in the spirit form, but He's also God that has come down to our very level. He's the God who came in flesh, but He's also the God that's here in His many-membered body today. So we worship Him. We respect one another. You know, I, I make a lot of room for a lot of people, and I say, "Lord, you've created many. I'm happy for the many variations of God that are within in the message." And I say, "Give room to express here. Don't, don't just reduce him to words." Well, I, I, I'm in the message, and this is what I believe. No, he's a God in the Spirit. I, 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 I got a lot of complexes about singing. Rightfully so. And don't and, what do you say yeah for? And, and you say, <laughs> but you know what? When I get out in my car alone, I sing. And I, I don't care who hears me or not, I sing unto the Lord. And there's times I'm going for a walk and I'm listening to something and there's times I just can't hold back both hands in the air. I don't. I, I can look down the trail. Sometimes I do. Who's behind me? Who's in front of me? But sometimes I just lift. I don't care who sees me. It's me and God. God is a God of the Spirit. And He's not a God who's confined to a church. He's not a God who said, He is my God. I love Him. I, I, I worship Him. I, I love Him in the way I I, I am towards my wife. I'm the way I love him in the way I am to my brother and sister. I love him in the way I, I'm up here. I want him to be first. So it's a God of the Spirit, spiritual worship. You know, music is an amazing thing. The Bible, I, I, listen, I, I know it's just after 12, but you, you're going to give me just a little bit more today because the song service went a little longer. In fact, I'm going to speak about music right now. You know, music is a tremendous motivator. Could you imagine at a hockey game if they would just have some organ music at the beginning? Ooh. I don't think it would work up the crowd into the frenzy they want. But organ music in its right place, before God, is holiness. It, there's so many aspects of God. There's times I just I, I can scarcely move, and there's times I want to shout. But music is an expression of who God is. Music is, is, is a part of what God desires. Music is, is an avenue for you to let go a little bit. I, I, okay, I, I, I should have had a whole bunch of choruses and I started, should have put them on right now and, and played. But can you say amen to this? Can you say amen to this? Look at who God is. He's worthy of worship. The angels have worshipped him. They, they worship him. When we get on the other side, we'll be worshipping him. I want to worship him. And, and, and you know, in, in music there's inspiration. There's not only inspiration for the, 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 the beat, the song, the move, but the lyrics are so inspirational. And sometimes somebody sings a song like some of the songs we heard this morning. I'll tell you what, it does something inside of me. This is the living God, the real God. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. That's who He is. He is nothing less. And I, I'm ashamed sometimes that I haven't given myself to Him the way I ought to. And I, I believe we ought to do more of it. Listen, you, you might think, uh, I, I I'm I'm okay on that front, Ed. Just move along. Okay. Well, if you're okay, I think there's always room for more. I I think there is room for more, and and I I believe we want to have it from the heart. We want to have it real. We we don't want to do it out of form. We don't want to do it. A, but it it's it's who he is. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. Now I I want to just take another aspect of this, if I can. The eternal God. I I started getting into this and I thought, well, I can take and summarize a few of these things. But I realized I'm only going to take a couple today. And I'll take a few more. But but just take a little bit of who God is. The attributes of God. Go with me to Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. And I'll just read verse 1. And I'm just... Take this thought for a moment, the eternal God. Sometimes we, we dwell too much in our own realm. We're looking at ourselves. We're looking at the common thinking of the day. But lift yourself up into where Moses is going here. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. The God that David worshipped is the God I worship. The God that Abraham looked to is the God I look to. The God that was there with Adam is the same God I believe in. The God that Paul believed in is the God I believe in. He's always been there. Verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever before there was, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. Now, when you go to the mountains and there's no smoke to hide them, and you go there and you look at them, there's something majestic about the mountains. There's something amazing about the mountains. We we love it, we enjoy it, but just think about what the Bible says here. Before those, you know, and, and the mountains are not something that a man does away with that he bulldozes down overnight and builds a city there. No, the mountains are there, they they are a handiwork of God's creation. And the mountains, but now think about the grandeur and what that evokes in you. But now here the writer Moses is saying, before those mountains were ever brought forward, you were the one that brought them. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are not the popular opinion of the day. You are not God according to my feeble mind. You have always been God. You always will be God. From everlasting to everlasting, your God. Verse 4. For a thousand years in thy sight are as but a yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. Oh, he doesn't get weary. He doesn't slumber. He's always been there. He's the ancient of days. He's the one that always was and always will be. If we can begin to look at it this way. Verse 9. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. In other words, I'm not going to get concerned or caught up. I know there's an election coming up, but it's not everything to me. It's not what I'm, if, if, if the left gets in or the right gets in, I'm not going to I'm not going to just get all up in arms about it because When all the political parties are done, when all the leaders are done, there'll still be only one God. There'll still be only one opinion. He is the one that I look to. He's the one that I cast my sight on. He's the one I voted for and still vote for. That's the one you need to look to. When when you have all these other things that are changing and moving, you need to see the unchanging God, the immovable God, the one who always will. Does, always will be, and furthermore, the enemy, the adversary, the guy that you fight with every day, and and and, and I, I'm not just if it's your wife talking about your husband. No, that's not it. It's the one that you look in the mirror at, and I and I go, that one is one part of it, but the devil, the Giko, the Toifel, that guy, that guy. He may, have his, he may be the God of this evil age. But you know what? In a thousand years from now, he's not going to be anything. And we're going to be here with our God. And whatever he does now, this is a season that he has. But I know his end. I know he has no place in God. I know our God will reign. I know that's the one I've set my eyes to. Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8 Verse 22, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. Now, you can take this in in two ways, this proverb, because it's talking about wisdom, but it also can talk about it personally, and maybe it means both. But I, I look at it and say sometimes... The scripture we took on Wednesday in James chapter 1. If any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. Liberally. No, I'm going to hold it back. No, I'm not going to hold it back. I want them to prosper. I want them to be blessed. I want them to know. So if you seek God earnestly, knock and he'll open it up to you. Ask and he'll give it to you. Begin to do all of these things. This is the nature of God. So he says, I am the fountain of wisdom you know science is tapping into cloning they're tapping into all kinds of things listen god is way beyond all of that God is higher than that. God is in the laws of science. God is in all of nature. He's in all of creation. Science, they might make it think like they've got something. they got nothing on God. God is the fountain of all of those things. He is the one who set these laws in motion. Television was here when Adam was here. All of these things were there on the earth. Man is only tapping into them. But the God we serve is the Lord over all of them. And he will say, When there were no depths, I brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled. Before the hills was, I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, verse 30, then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights were the sons of men. The eternal God. The one that always was. Before the world ever began. I, 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 I've, I've delighted in that thought so often. And I've thought. You know what? David in Psalms 27. He, he would say. When my foes came against me. When they came to do this. And, and, and David would just make such a declaration and he would say, but I know my God. I know who he is. And he is my God and he is with me and he's for me. Isaiah 57 would talk this and say in, in verse 16, rather in verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You know, I I love that because, you know, God is infinite and we, we can't even put a word on infinite. Finite creatures as we are, We only measure by what we've learned in the past, only by what we're taught in the future. But really, if we can tap into the infinite God and just say, I don't understand, but it's real, and I know him, and and that's the one, oh, friends, I'll tell you what, when you begin to go into those levels, that's when you recognize, oh, who is like unto our God? Who is like unto him? Oh, he's worthy of praise this morning. I I say this, whatever your idea is, whatever my idea is, he is way above all of that. He's worthy of all the praise this morning. He deserves the glory. He is a perpetual refuge. He is a security to his people. He was the God of Noah who saved him in an ark. But he was also the God of Enoch who took him on high. He was the God who destroyed the greatest nation on the earth in the form of Pharaoh and brought out a little humble people under Moses. He's the God today that has sent a messenger. A messenger that you and I can tap into and that we can have strength to overcome in this last day. He's the God that allows us to have faith that we can look at all of Laodicea and all of its fine and say, no thank you. I don't want that. When riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. When they're there, thank the Lord I have this, and thank the Lord I have that. But I'm not there to live for those things. I am there because he brought them to me. He gave me food as was convenient to me. He is my God. He takes care of me. He knows what I need. He gives me food in due season. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He was before the world began. He will be thereafter. He's not a temporary fix to solutions. Heavens and earth will pass away. But his word will never pass away. I believe he is everything to us. Now that God, when he came to earth, how did he express himself? He had a couple of friends. They were Mary and and Martha, and Lazarus, and and one day, one of his friends died. And he heard about it, and when he heard about it, the Bible says he waited in that place for two more days. Oh, and we would look and say, even his own disciples, you know, they said, your friend Lazarus has died, aren't you going to go and help him? He says, Lazarus is only sleeping. Now, where did that come from? I'll tell you what, that came from a higher place. God releases faith to us, friends. Sometimes, nobody knows where it came from. Now look at that God. He he walked on earth, but how did he conduct himself from everlasting to everlasting? He knew that Lazarus would be part of the resurrection, to be a resurrection now and another resurrection after. And so when Lazarus was fully the place, he walked that way. Listen, that God is the God of Brother Ron Spencer. That God is the God of Sister Erica Parker. That God is your God. That God is in your situation. That God is over everything that you have need of right now. But if we just set our eyes and limit Him and put Him in a box and say, this has never been done since the beginning of the world. This hasn't been done. But I say this, cast your eyes a little further today. I'm, I'm going to start to wind down now just with, with just this last couple of thoughts. Listen, He is unchangeable. He's immutable. The one thing, let me just go back to this scripture in James and then we'll close with this. But this was the one we read on Wednesday. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every messenger God sent came from the hands of of Jesus walking in the middle of the golden candlesticks. Every gift, the nine gifts that are sent to the church, they come from Him. The five-fold ministry, they come from Him. And He says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning with his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures oh without shadow of turning in other words you can depend on him If he healed somebody in the Bible one day, you have a right to approach him. Lord, you healed so and so one day. You're the same God today. Oh, isn't that a solid Savior? Isn't he something you can depend on? He's dependable. He's unexpectable. He is unchangeable. He's unstoppable. He's our God. He will not be defeated. Friends, I just say this. Start to take some time and dwell on this kind of a God. I, I only tapped into a little bit of what I have in a service. Let's have the musicians come. But we see Christ. Amen. We want to see Him. Not, not, just, not just a man who came to earth one day, but the one, where did he come from? He was first revealed to Abraham as Melchizedek. And He says he lived by the power of an unending life. He lived by something greater. But when Christ came, he came also by a life that would be passed on to us. A life that we live by. I'm living here today. I got struggles. I got troubles. I got burdens. I got different things. But in me, there's something greater. Not of myself. Not of what I've done. But it's that part of Christ that he's put in. We see Jesus. Oh, I want to see him. Don't you? Thank you for being patient this morning. I, I think I, I'm right on time. The song service was late, but I, I, I told them to go for that. Anybody that wants to invite me up to be part of the quartet, I'm okay with that. So God bless you to stand together. <laughs> Whatever you do this weekend yet, maybe you're fellowshipping, you're doing something. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you spend a little time on a lawn tractor. Maybe you're doing something in your garden Whatever you're doing, just why don't you think a little bit on this God? I I think He's He's wonderful. He's marvelous. He's everything to us. He He is the very one. I want to sing this song if we can. Great is Thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. An aspect of God that we didn't really touch on today, but I want you just to begin to think about Him. What a surety! What a faithful one we have! Let's let's sing this this morning. Great is the like
1: faithful.
0: come in whatever situation, He'll try to get you anxious, He'll try to get you nervous, He'll try to get you to move out of your position, or a place where God can help you. He'll try to get you off on your own. He'll try to draw you out by some means of yourself. And I'll say every one of us is as human as the rest of us is. But if in the middle of whatever you're going through, if you can just begin to focus on Him, and however that is, if that is just picking your Bible up and allowing Him to minister to you, if that's plugging a tape in and just hearing a few words, if that's singing a song, or if that is just whispering a prayer or just beginning to talk to Him, and you can begin to sense this eternal God. This God, the fountain of all wisdom. This God who is faithful to his word. This God who doesn't change. The world is changing. But if you can, if you can find that with him. Oh friends, there is your peace. There is your rest. There's my rest. Then I can walk in the middle of the storm say, I know you're with me. I know that you'll take care of this. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I see you, the invisible one. And you don't change. Your attributes don't change. You're infinite. I'm finite. I I fail, but you never fail. I lean on you because I need you. Oh, if I could... If I could project that to you, but I I believe he can make himself known to you. Start to read the Psalms and how David, in all of his distresses and anxieties, something kept bringing him back to an absolute. If we can can place everything we have need of into his hands, that's the faith that's going to overcome in this last day. Oh, he'll be there. He'll be there. Oh, I I don't know. How's my loved one going to come in? I don't know. He'll be there. We've, We've all been put in some uncomfortable places right now. God has allowed us to go into situations we never thought we'd be in. But you know what he's also doing? He's revealing himself. I'm the one that's in the fire with you. I'm the one who speaks to you. I'm the one who is there. And I'm still here today. Friends, at the end of the day, this church will fade away. I will fade away. But the Christ that's in you will never fade away. He will be there. He is here. He's here for us today. Do you believe that this morning? Let's sing this morning. Let's sing, He is here. He is here.
1: He is here.
0: Can I have you come and close for us in prayer today? Amen. Amen.
2: Presence. Lord, the title, of that message, we see Christ. I was just thinking, how many times do we miss seeing you? Lord, we're looking for you and we fail to see you in maybe in a song, in a sermon, in a brother or sister, in a message. Lord, how many times, Lord, just last past weekend in the mountains. and Lord, seeing you in nature. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for these things that you have given us. Lord, just help us to be more simplistic. Lord, and realize that you are a God of simplicity. Lord, the prophet that brought the message before the greatest set of meetings he ever preached, was God in simplicity before the seals. Lord, there's a reason why he preached that. Lord, and it's for us. We make you so complicated so often, too often, Lord. And we miss you in the simple things of life, Lord Jesus. Just seeing you in our family, in our our husbands, our wives, our children. Lord, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for the natural things in life that you've given us, for breath, for life, for strength. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, Lord. I, I just think of my brother, thank you for bringing him through this heart attack and this and this pr- procedures that he went through. We thank you, Lord, that you were with him. and. Brother Glenn and each one, Lord, that has encountered us. Think, Sister Lydia. Lord, I just bring her before you again. Lord, a veteran that walked this life, and pray that you would be with her. Lord, your will be done is what we ask, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would just be with my brother, my brother Ed. Lord, I pray that you would. Restore his strength, Lord, thank you for his life. Lord, I so appreciate him as a friend, and just see Christ in him. How many times have we talked, and I just felt so encouraged by his friendship and by conversation, Lord, just thank you for him. Be with him, be with his family. Lord, we ask you to be with us as we leave this service. Lord, may we just take you with us and be with us, Lord. Thank you. Commit all these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, Mark.
0: Amen. I was speaking, and then I I just hit some words, and I know they're in a lyric to a song somewhere, and that's the way songs come to me. I'm sorry, but unchangeable, unstoppable. Where it comes out of us. Comes. He's unchanging. That's the one, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) You know that, brother Ray.
1: The oh.